Good morning everybody and welcome to the next part of our series on prayer. I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever had an experience of deep, joy-filled wonder? Maybe when you've watched the ocean waves crashing or you've held a newborn baby or perhaps when you've picked up something tiny and intricate like a snail shell. I remember sitting on a cliff top in Norfolk as a young teenager watching the sun go down over the sea and just being overwhelmed with awe at the beauty of the colours and the deep sense of peace and not wanting it to end. And for me that was a God encounter. But those kind of experiences aren't limited to believers, are they? It seems to be inbuilt into our humanity to have that capacity to stop and to wonder at something outside of ourselves and greater than us. Well, this week's topic, if you haven't guessed already, is contemplation. And I would describe contemplative prayer as a deep, quiet awareness of the presence of God. Not so much a looking for his presence as finding that he was there before me, waiting for me to find him. And I have to say that of all of the topics in the prayer course, this has been the one that has blessed me most because meditation was something that I overlooked. I thought of it as being something a bit airy-fairy, um, even New Age-y, and something for mystics and monks, but not for real people in, in a busy world. And if I did try it, well, if I managed to sit still for a couple of minutes, I'd usually get so distracted that I'd go off and do something more productive, or I would fall asleep, or on the occasions when I did manage it and I was in the presence of God, I'd end up thinking, yeah, this is wonderful, but maybe you'd prefer it if I did something more proactive and productive with my prayers, because let's face it, this is the least active of all of the kinds of prayer. You know, where we're usually, with the other kinds of prayer, where we're voicing our adoration, or we're, we're asking for what we need, or we're interceding for others, or we're bringing down the strongholds. And contemplative prayer, it's not like that, you know, it's, well, what is it? I guess it's more about being than doing. And I was wrong. It has been such a blessing to me. So I'd really like to encourage you to give it a go if you haven't already. And I guess there are four things that I want to say about it. The first is that it makes sense. Silence makes sense. I'd like to read you what Job says about God. It's in Job chapter 26. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens quake aghast at his rebuke. By his power, he churned up the sea. And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? These are but the outer fringe of his works. 
how faint the whisper we hear of him. So the massive, beautiful, awe-inspiring stuff that we see in nature is just a little part of who he is. And, you know, when I think about human greatness, human brilliance, if I think about the wisdom and understanding and cleverness of the scientist or the deep emotion and passion of a poet or the brilliance of an artist or the imagination of a storyteller. You know, if I'm sitting with a genius like that, I don't want to be the one doing the talking. I want to find out what they're thinking and who they are. So doesn't it make sense if I'm in the presence of the one who not just creates all of that brilliance, but contains it, transcends it, supersedes it, doesn't it make sense for me to be the one that sits silently to wait for him to make himself known to me? That's my first thing. It makes sense to sit in silence. The second thing is that it's scriptural. You know, if you turn to any page in the Psalms, you're going to find references and encouragements to taking time to consider who God is, meditate on his words, think about what he's done, remember his deeds, uh, yeah, muse, contemplate. David in Psalm 8, let me read it to you. David, somebody else who looks at the heavens, he says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? So I love that. I love that I can look at what God has made and, and see something of him in everything that is around me. So, you know, I can look at the heavens and see how mighty and massive he is. Or I can look at that snail shell and think about his attention to detail. All over the Psalms, we're told to meditate on his words, his works and his ways. And I guess, you know, it's not surprising that the earth is full of his glory, is it? Because everything that an artist makes leaves behind a little trace of who he is and what he's like. And if you doubt that, have a look at two portraits, Edvard Munch, the screen,